0: This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, episode number 87. Does the path to your career advancement seem unclear? Have you ever wondered how some people advance in spite of all the odds? Do you know how to identify a strong mentor champion that will be committed to your career success? Today you're going to learn the steps that got Carmen Norwood from an engineer to Vice President at Lockheed Martin. So join us today to discover a very clear and detailed blueprint for your career success and at the end of the show, an ebook and free seminar to begin your roadmap for career and leadership success.
1: Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast. Showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line.
2: This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio. Today we're talking with Carmen Norwood, Vice President of International Programs, Air Mobility, and Maritime Missions at Lockheed Martin. Welcome, Carmen. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure um, being with you today. Thank you. Well, we're, I'm very excited to have you here, and um, so you're vice president, and if I remember, you're you're a fairly young person too. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> can you so uh, um, can you tell us a little bit about your your background? What what was the journey that you came through to get to this point you're at now?
3: Sure, I tell you, it has been a journey and a very exciting journey. I actually grew up in Mississippi, so I'm a southern girl, (laughs) Jackson, Mississippi at Uh that. And um, I had an opportunity to go to college at Jackson State University in Mississippi and was interviewed by a government agency um, to take on an internship uh, and work for that government agency uh, during the summer. And that opportunity really opened up my aperture and my desire to pursue um, a opportunity in the defense industry. And so that was kind of the foundation, the beginning of the career that I have built over time. So I was able to begin um, working with the defense agency and then uh, completed a degree in mathematics, went on to work for that agency full time, uh, pursued a master's in electrical engineering, and continued on my career journey and ended up at Lockheed Martin, uh, the aeronautics division at Lockheed Martin. I've been here for about 15 years now. And I have held uh, positions of increasing responsibility from engineering to production to program management, and I look forward to having even a, a longer career here at Lockheed Martin. It's a, uh, a a very wonderful company, and I have been afforded uh, many opportunities.
2: Well, that's wonderful. And I'm wondering that in you know you started at that college, you. Were there any bumps on the road? Did you ever doubt yourself? Were there any times that it didn't work out well, and, and how did you overcome that?
3: Yes, yeah, so I always uh, tell people in the, in the way I view my life, it is a journey. And with any journey, there will definitely be bumps in the road. But the, the value is how do you recover from the bumps in the road? And those bumps in the road are really just learning experiences. So I'll just give you an example. You know, I worked for the defense agency. It was one of the best jobs, but I was enticed to resign from that job and move into the telecommunications industry for a period of time because of the innovation that was going on there. And it was during the time when the telecommunications industry was just booming. And, you know, I entered uh, that industry, and then within about five years or so, the telecom industry took a nosedive. Uh And uh, the the company that I was working for went belly up, and, you know, I could look back and say, oh, it was such a, you know, it was a stupid decision to move from a secure-type job into something that was On shaky grounds but when I look back the things that I learned working in the telecommunication industry only you know laid a foundation for me to be successful in the job that I am now the innovation the leadership opportunities that I uh, I had a chance to um, experience while working in telecom uh, you know there was a lot of value in making that decision so yes there were bumps in the road Uh, Things didn't work out necessarily the way that I thought they would in the telecommunication industry, but I took that experience as value rather than looking at it as something bad and um, used it as a stepping stone, as a building block um, to where I am today.
2: Carmen, is there something in your background that helped you do that or is that something you just learned yourself
3: well, I tell you, I have two very strong parents. My mother was an educator and my father actually played uh, professional basketball and he was the first person um, to be drafted to a professional uh, basketball team from his college in, you know, late 60s. And that,
2: so, now, his name is Willie Norwood, right? Willie Norwood,
3: yes. Right. yes. And so I looked. Back at that and his experiences and things that he, you know, has told me and things that my mother has told me and, you know, as I was growing up and I believe that the things that they said and instilled in me gave me the drive, uh, to be a risk taker and to just try things. Hey, maybe it won't work, but if you never try, you'll never realize success.
2: Mm-hmm. you have
3: to try and you have to put the time in to build the skills necessary they were really did things to spark an interest in STEM science technology engineering and mathematics and i can look as far back as you know elementary school to junior high to high school Where teachers really did things that sparked my interest. I remember my eighth grade science fair, where I was growing mold in a petri dish, Uh and you know having to present at a science fair on you know the progression of of the the growth of the mold, and you know the science teacher back then made science so interesting. I can remember my mathematics teacher, you know, that taught me trigonometry and how interesting she made trigonometry. And then in high school, I think about the calculus teacher that made the correlation between the academics and real world and how mathematics can be applied. So all of those experiences really propelled me into the uh, study of engineering.
2: Wow, beautiful. Um, I'm going to ask you more about STEM later in in the interview, but right now I'm wondering, what was your first management job? When did you go from just working in a company to actually managing people?
3: Well, i tell you, this is very interesting because I mentioned that I worked for a defense contractor and then transitioned into the telecommunications um, uh, arena. Uh Well, during that transition, I was hired as a radio frequency um, design engineering manager.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> and it was
3: for a startup company. <laughs>
2: uh-huh.
3: And I had an opportunity to have a small team and basically build that team from the ground up and start um, designing uh, you know, cellular and paging networks. And so that was interesting because it was my first management job. It was with a startup company we really didn't have any furniture and we would have our staff meetings uh sitting on the floor in the the conference room and um but it gave me a chance to start building those leadership skills.
2: Uh-huh, you must not and, have been and, very old either.
3: Right? <laughs> not too old sitting on the floor. Right. It was sitting probably, on the floor. Yes, yeah, oh, so and, like yes, mid to late 20s during that time. So, um you know, I really loved that opportunity, because it was a startup company. It was an, an environment of innovation, uh-huh. right? And, you know, we didn't need offices and stuff. It was a, a, a time when we could really collaborate. And I believe in, in corporate America, in a lot of instances, we have lost, you know, our ability and desire to collaborate. And that is so critical to being innovative uh-huh. and just to the success of the business
2: wow that's that's so true oh so what what challenges did you find as you as you're working through the different management positions what What were the things that you really had to learn that didn't just come very naturally to you
3: So I believe over you know that I am a people's person but I, throughout my, you know, going to college, I went to a historically black college, you know, it was a um, an environment where I was with a lot of people like me. But then when I entered the workforce working at the, a startup company, it was a very diverse group of people. Uh-huh. A lot of different personalities, a lot of different cultures. So being a first-time leader I had to really learn how to navigate an environment where there was quite a bit of diversity, diversity of thought, you know, diversity in cultures. And so I think initially coming on board in a leadership role, that was a a little bit of a challenge for me, uh, navigating that and really understanding that, yes, we have to deliver a product, but really the people who I'm leading they are the most valuable asset, so, and not necessarily the product.
2: So what I'm hearing is you, you, your navigation was first realizing I'm in a different situation. Yes. And secondly, yes. you started being observant for what those differences were. A lot of to deal with. This is different than just being a, an employee that somebody's telling you what to do. Now, yes, now you've so, got. Yeah. What What did you do?
3: Yes, so number one, observing, like you said, the differences, but then accepting one an opportunity and a platform to have a voice at the table.
2: Wow, so, so you, the, you weren't caught up on you had the, the correct answer or the right way. You were open to hearing other people's points of view.
3: Absolutely, absolutely, because, you know, in an environment like that, you quickly learn that you're not the smartest person in the room. And, <laughs> you know, to get to the end state, it takes the entire team.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And there are strengths and weaknesses on every team. We leverage those strengths, and we develop and build the weaknesses. And so as a leader, you know, a first-time leader, I had to learn that very quickly.
2: Wow and it's such i hope everyone listening is really paying close attention and rewinds and listens to that again because that is one of the most important leadership lessons i think people can learn as they're getting promoted that is absolutely so what about what were the steps that got you to a vice president and here let me tell you part of my reason i'm asking you the question is people get a misperception that everything is always very linear and like, oh, you just did this and this and then it just happened. Um, So, again, what were you having to notice and learn as as you moved up? So, number one, I had to have a clear
3: vision and focus for, you know, where I wanted to go. So my target was to become a vice president although I was at the bottom, right? <laughs> I wanted to become a vice president. So the first thing that I did was establish a mentoring relationship.
2: I want to back you with, up. Can I back you up for a second? Because sure. I think it's wonderful that you had that target. And what I find so many times when I'm doing coaching with people in companies is uh, they don't even have the target of the next level up. But here you're, you've got, you got several levels above. You've got that target.
3: Exactly.
2: But could you say how come you wanted to do that? What, what, what was the thing you wanted to be able to do by being a vice president?
3: So just from a personal development and a personal desire, I wanted to be the best I could be
2: uh-huh. and
3: gr- grow in a company as far as I could grow,
2: okay. given uh-huh. the
3: opportunities. Mm-hmm. So that's number one just from a personal perspective. And then number two, I wanted to be able to really be a strategic leader and make an impact to the business at the highest level of the business. I wanted to lead a strong, diverse team and also be able to be a change agent, drive change, to develop a workforce I wanted to uh, utilize the skills that I was learning along the
2: way in, in order to make that level of business impact. Beautiful. And I think it's important for people listening to understand, you didn't just say, I want to be vice president, but you had you had some really strong passion and motivations underneath that that mm-hmm. was a, a driver for that. And now back to your story on being a vice president.
3: Yes. Yes. So- so that was my target. I wanted to be a vice president.
2: Uh-huh.
3: However, I didn't have necessarily a roadmap for getting there. So I was on a quest to figure out, okay, how do I get from a level one to a level eight?
2: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> you know. And so I identified a very, very strong mentor who was really committed to the relationship. We met once a month for a whole year to just have open dialogue about where I want it to go, but then specifically what paths, and I said paths with an S on the end, I could take in order to get there. And not only that, but also identify knowledge gaps. Because you get to a point where everybody is smart and it's very competitive at the top, Mm -hmm. and so you have to put yourself in a place to be able to compete And so through that mentoring relationship, uh, Gary Bailey, he was the vice president of supply chain Mm -hmm. at the aeronautics company, he was able to guide me in developing what we call a career development plan. And the career development plan was laid out in three areas. It's like, you know, what am I going to learn from training? What am I going to learn from others? And what am I going to learn on the job? And under each one of those areas, we identified our top three things that I was going to do during that mentoring relationship to help propel me to the next level. Mm-hmm. And that was 15 years ago. Wow. And he led me through developing that career development plan. And to this day, I utilize that career development plan, um, even as a vice president. It kept me focused. It kept me... Um, really keyed in on my development areas, and it also gave me the structure I need needed to stay focused on what I wanted to achieve as a long-term career goal of becoming a vice president and making a significant uh, business impact to uh, the company and the
2: corporation. Beautiful. I'm wondering, did you have a way to measure your... Progress. So you've got, you've got what am I going to learn from training, what am I going to learn from others, mm-hmm. and what am I going to learn from the job? How were, you, how were you telling if you were making progress?
3: So the neat thing about this career development plan is there was a column that basically asked you, okay, you said you were going to do this. How do you measure success? One of the ways I did it was whether or not I completed, if it was training successful, or if it was reading the book You know, it was whether or not um, I could articulate the contents of that book and have a dialogue with my mentor, and then he would give me feedback in regards to what I was reading. So for each one of those elements, there was a measuring stick as it relates to how successful I was in completing those steps. So absolutely, measuring progress is very, very important in In uh, career development,
2: I sometimes I find that people are not doing that piece. So they're they're doing these things, but they don't really have any way to tell they've improved or where Mm -hmm. they are in the in the process. And it's so important. Um, Absolutely. In terms of others, how did you build your network?
3: I, I tell you, I, I'll always go back to this mentoring relationship with Gary Bailey because he really, I guess, schooled me on how to build a network and enabled me to do that. So I was new coming into the company, didn't know anyone. But as my mentor, he began to connect me with people he knew or people he thought would be good in terms of me building relationships and learning from them Um to progress through my career. Mm -hmm. So he would actually send an email and connect me with someone and, uh, you know, encouraged me to set up a 30-minute informational session with this individual to talk about who I was, uh, what my capabilities are, and what my interests were as well, and just have a dialogue with those individuals. And that is really how I began to build a network um, here uh, internally to the company. And externally to the company, I began to join various organizations, community-related organizations, serve on various boards to build networks externally as well.
2: Okay, what, what's the advantage of the external networks?
3: Well, I tell you, at Lockheed Martin, we have a strong community, um, uh, you know, presence. Uh And, uh, you know, from a philanthropy perspective, giving to the community, um, building STEM talent, you know, that's one of our, you know, tenets in in the business. And being connected to the community, giving back to the community, only makes the community in which we operate better. And uh, I give you an example, I am a member of one of our chamber boards uh, right now here in uh, Cobb County. And being able to be a part of that board and understand the challenges that other businesses within the county also have and how these businesses, how we can leverage each other in order to be successful is just invaluable.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: That makes a lot of sense. I want to back up to it's it's wonderful that uh, Gary Bailey uh, introduced you to these people. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people that I coach or that listen to the program may not have someone that can make an introduction. So do you have a suggestion Mm -hmm. for if you would like to connect with somebody, how to do it? I find people to be shy about making that first contact.
3: Sure, so I have a lot of mentees that I don't necessarily reach out and make the connection for them, as Gary did for me, but what I do encourage them to do is you can do it for yourself. Uh, I suggest to do targeted networking. So for instance, if there is a, a leadership mixer where we have all the leadership there and we invite employees, this is a perfect opportunity for you to have your elevator speech prepared and begin engaging uh, with the leadership, and I encourage them to, you know, just pick up the phone, call the leader's office, and request a fifteen or thirty-minute kind of informational session. But be prepared to have something to talk about when you do meet with them. And the career development plan that I talked about that Gary Bailey helped me establish mm-hmm. that is can be used as an excellent talking. Um, point when you meet with various leaders. It's a one pager, and I encourage uh, my mentees all the time to utilize that development plan and say, hey, you know, I'd just like to share my career development plan. I have a desire one day to work in supply chain management, and hey, you are leading the supply chain management organization and would just like to get some insight from you as to how I can begin building skills to one day um, possibly transition into the supply chain organization. And that begins the dialogue. And then that individual will probably connect you with someone else in their organization, and it just goes from there.
2: Well, I've interviewed a lot of people on networking, and no one's ever said it just like this. This is so valuable to people. Um, So thank you for that. And so talk a little bit more about mentoring. Um, You know, believe it or not, a lot of companies don't have mentors. And Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if you could say what the value is to a company, to a person, and even the person being mentored.
3: Well, I tell you, you know, being a mentor, being a mentee is so, so valuable to Lockheed Martin, is valuable to, you know, any corporation because it's all about building talent. And a company really has to invest in the workforce to ensure that you have a strong, viable, vibrant workforce. And, you know, not having mentoring programs, I think, can be to the detriment I think about our industry, and that's, you know, the defense industry, and we have so many people who have been working and doing a fantastic job within the industry for years and years and years, and they're getting to the point where a significant number of those individuals can retire.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And so mentoring, coaching, developing the workforce is imperative to ensure the company's success over time. And so that investment in mentoring relationships is so, so key. And I am a big, huge fan of mentoring relationships and developing those that will come behind me in order to ensure that the company continues on a successful path.
2: Beautiful. What's the difference between a sponsor and a mentor?
3: Well, a mentor is really involved in your day-to-day kind of development and a sponsor is not necessarily involved in your day-to-day development. But a sponsor is someone who has observed your performance and who's willing to kind of like put themselves out there on the line to speak up for you to, to say, hey, Carmen would be excellent in this position and kind of open the door for you, per se, to uh, have you move into positions of increasing responsibility.
2: So they have you know, some kind of power or... A, um, a, yes. They have the ability to make that happen more than
3: absolutely. a mentor
2: might not.
3: A, absolutely.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, so, Carmen, the what you're sharing is so incredible and... Over the eight years we've had this show, we've only had a few people we've asked if they would do two different parts because they've had so much wonderful information about your leadership style and employee engagement and leadership vision and more about the STEM program. So thank you so much for doing Part 1 with us. Thank you.
0: Wasn't that a great interview? Thanks for listening to Part 1, With Carmen Norwood and me. Would you like to learn 11 secrets women leaders use to get confident, advance their careers and leadership? You can download this free great resource now at www.womensleadershipsuccess.com. And while you are there, sign up for the free live webinar with me on Thursdays on the same topic. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at Sabrina at Sabrina